Hi there. Welcome to the While You Wait podcast, where it's all about helping women just like you learn about the bladder while you're waiting for your appointment with that specialist. Each week, I'll combine science, medicine, and common sense so you can learn, become empowered, and get started on your journey to dryness. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Boyles, a board-certified urogynecologist. Let's get started. Hi there. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about when you should see a physician for your bladder symptoms or a provider who specializes in the bladder. In this episode, I'm I'm really going to be focusing on different medical reasons why you should see a physician. But before I get to that, I just want to say that bladder leaking is a huge quality of life issue for lots of women. It's linked to less self-confidence and increased depression and anxiety. Women tend to exercise less, and so they're a little bit less healthy. They tend to go out less with friends because they're worried about their leaking. Truly, if you are stopping any activity that you love, with, you know, possibly the exception of jumping on a trampoline, because that makes everyone leak, you should see a doctor. If it bothers you, you should absolutely seek help. But there are some medical reasons, different conditions that can cause bladder leaking. Even though education and strengthening is almost always the first thing that we recommend, that's when I've made sure that there's nothing else going on. So let's talk about some of the different things that I worry about in patients who have leaking. Before I get started on this, let me just issue a little disclaimer. Most leaking is totally benign. There isn't a big bad reason for it. It's usually because the support to your urethra, that tube that goes from the bladder to the outside is failing, or your bladder muscle is squeezing too much, contracting and pushing the urine out. I don't want to terrify you here. When I was a medical student, we had a lecture on melanoma by a dermatologist, and the lecture was a series of patient stories that all kind of went like this. Here's Carla. She's a healthy 26-year-old who liked to tan and exercise. Here's a picture of her mole, and bam, it was melanoma, and six months later, she was dead. I'm pretty sure that everyone in that lecture still gets yearly skin screenings. So I don't want you to feel the same anxiety that I felt after that lecture. But even though it's usually benign, let's talk about the things that it can be. First of all, one of the things that I always worry about is, is there a tumor or cancer going on? If there's something big in the pelvis, that can cause bladder symptoms. I've seen women with tubal cancers and women with uterine cancers, and these cancers have been the source of their incontinence. Sometimes there really isn't incontinence going on. It's just a different discharge. Sometimes there's a mass effect, which means that there's just something big that's sitting on the bladder. It's kind of like being pregnant. It causes similar symptoms of frequency and feeling like you have to go all the time. 
So this isn't a very common reason, but it's something that I'm always thinking about. I probably diagnose one bladder cancer a year and one pelvic cancer a year in women who are having bladder symptoms. Often when this is the case, women will be having other symptoms too. I recently saw a woman who fit into this category and her other symptom was that she felt like her abdomen was getting big and hard. And she was right. There was something pressing on her abdomen. So think about your other symptoms too. Is there anything else going on? Are you losing weight? Do you feel like your stomach is getting bigger? Do you get full very easily when you're eating? Maybe you don't have your normal appetite. Um, Maybe your abdomen feels different to you. These are all important things to think about. And if you have any of those symptoms, then you should be seen sooner rather than later, even if you don't want to address it. It's important. So the second thing that I think about is, is there an undiagnosed illness that's going on that could be impacting your bladder? There are definitely many different conditions out there that impact the bladder, but the cause is outside of the bladder. So things that fall into this category, back problems can do it, neurologic diagnoses, things like multiple sclerosis can do it. Diabetes has a big impact. Diabetes frequently first presents with thirst and needing to go to the bathroom a lot. Pregnancy can do it. I've definitely seen women who were pregnant and didn't realize it. Sleep apnea can be a big cause of bladder issues. These women frequently produce a lot of urine at night and are getting up a lot at night. And sleep apnea is probably the most common thing that I see causing this. So this is another place where it's important to be careful about other symptoms that you have. Do you have any new pains, different pains, maybe back pain that's getting worse, numbness and tingling anywhere? Do you have different neurologic signs? Anything that just feels different to you. It's important to think about all of these other issues. And this is also another reason why I think it's important for women who are dressing, they're leaking on their own to make sure that you're up to date with your routine medical care, right? To make sure all of your screening has done, to make sure that you've seen your primary care physician, because many of these things will be evaluated in those visits. Um, and you will know if this is you know, part of your new medical history. The third thing that I think about are infections. So there are lots of infections that you can get. Women with bladder infections get lots of bladder symptoms. Bladder leaking almost always gets worse when you have an infection. Um, So this is also another important thing to look at. Some women are colonized with bacteria. They just have more bacteria in their bladder, in their genital urinary system. And so this can also be an important thing to look at. For some women that just have a persistent amount of bacteria, they can get a large number of symptoms. And so it's important that we look at this too and try to address this cause if that's what is going on. The fourth thing is medications. 
So any medication that you take can have systemic side effects. So that means it can affect the rest of your body. There are very few medications that are so specific that they just affect one system. And it's pretty common to have bladder symptoms. One of the questions that I always ask is I always ask about the timing of bladder symptoms and starting new medications or even stopping medications or increasing the dose. The list of the medications that impact the bladder is pretty long, um, and it includes everything from antidepressants to cardiac medications or something over-the-counter like Sudafed. So it's important to look at all of these medications Sometimes I have patients who come in and they make it really easy for me and they'll tell me, you know, I started this new medication. The minute I started this medication, I had this side effect. I have this happen once with a new blood pressure medication. And, you know, this lovely woman said, well, you know, I brought it up to the cardiologist and the cardiologist said, you know, absolutely not. This can't be impacting your bladder. But she was right. And so if I listen to you carefully, I can usually figure out these little details. So the fifth thing that I think about a lot is your past medical history or your past surgical history. Sometimes your different medical conditions or your surgeries can impact the bladder. So there are surgeries that impact kind of the anatomy of the bladder and the vagina. They impact how urine flows out, how difficult it is for you to empty. It could be a surgery that happened decades ago, but it is now impacting how your urinary tract is functioning. That doesn't mean the surgery was done incorrectly. It just means that perhaps it did not age as gracefully as you would have wanted it to. Looking at the anatomy here and thinking about previous surgeries can be very important to figuring out what is going on with you. And then one of the other reasons that we like you to come in is I like to make sure that you're emptying your bladder well. And this is really standard for urogynecologists in general. If you have kind of normally functioning nerves and you're not emptying well, you will be aware of it. But if your nerves aren't working well and you're not emptying well, you may not be aware of it. And I'll tell you that this is something that has fooled me in the past. When I talk to someone, once I'm done with your history, I pretty much have a diagnosis in my head. And then I do your exam and I confirm the diagnosis. And the majority of the time, I'm right. Sometimes I need a little bit of extra testing, but usually after I've talked to you, I know what's going on. But there have been several times where I've talked to someone, I'm pretty sure of their diagnosis. I can think of an example where I was positive this woman had stress incontinence, right? And for her, it was leaking with golf. And then we examined her and we did the ultrasound to see how well she was emptying and found out that she wasn't emptying very well at all and that she had overflow incontinence as well. So in her situation, she could not feel this at all, which is why her history didn't reflect what was going on. And so this is always an important thing to check. So figuring out these different issues, figuring out if you have any of these rarer things 
um, can usually be accomplished with a simple history and physical and a urinalysis by someone who thinks a lot about the bladder and the pelvis. Again, I think everyone should be completely plugged into routine healthcare and be getting normal screenings, including pap smears. I think that if you're going to treat your leaking on your own, you need to make sure that you don't have blood in your urine. And I'm talking about microscopic blood, right? So I think most people go see the doctor if they have visible blood in their urine. But if you have microscopic blood, so just a small amount that can be picked up on a urinalysis, and there isn't anything else going on, like you don't have your period, this should be evaluated especially in the context of the rest of your symptoms. So, you know, my, my take-home message here for you is that there are other things besides clear mechanics or bladder contracting that can cause leaking. There are other medical conditions that can be going on. It's important that these issues are evaluated and not missed even though for most women, leaking is a very benign condition. Thanks for listening. If you want more information about me or my online work, check out my website at www.thewomensbladderdoctor.com. 